Remember our mission story, Mountain Pathways? Today we're doing Chapter 3 of the true story of Isabel Kuhn. This is a true mission story, but remember it's not from the Bible. Well, Isabel Kuhn had now chosen to accept Jesus as her Savior. After that, she went to a summer Bible conference. And there at that conference, she met someone named Mr. J.O. Fraser. And this person was a missionary who had come from a very small part of the country of China. And he came to the Bible conference to tell the people there about his work with a group of people called the Li Su people in China. Mr. Fraser was describing how the Li Su people lived. And they lived in little bamboo houses. And they were right on the edge of mountains. Mr. Fraser explained that the Lisu people were very poor, and they lived in fear of demons. Mr. Fraser was telling the people at the Bible conference that Jesus has power to change the lives of the Lisu people. Mr. Fraser told how he finally learned to speak the language that the Lisu people speak, and he had figured out how to write their language too. And now after years of work, a few of the Lisu people were beginning to believe in Jesus as their Savior. Now, as Mr. Fraser spoke, Isabel was filled with a desire to work with the Lisu people. She felt like she was climbing up the mountain where the Lisu people lived, although she really wasn't there. Isabel told her mother, I want to be a missionary. But Isabel was so amazed and shocked that her mother did not understand. Her mother thought it would be dishonor to have a missionary daughter. Her mother said, no, I will never give you permission. Isabel had to make a choice. Should she go to China to be a missionary? Or should she stay home? She believed God wanted her to go, but did she really want to move so far away and work so hard? Isabel prayed, and she said, Lord, show me what I should do. Show me what path I should take. And then she looked up at the mountains that surrounded her right there in Canada, in Vancouver, where she lived. And she thought about the Lisu people in China and how they were in their homes on the mountains as well. And Isabel thought to herself, I can't forget about the Lisu people. I can't forget how much they need Jesus. I will go. Now, to be a missionary, Isabel first had to go to Bible school, and her mother allowed her to go to Bible school. Isabel was kind of surprised, but she was thankful, so she went to Bible school in a place called Chicago. Chicago is a city in the United States. While she was there, Isabel was praying that God would change the way her mother felt about her becoming a missionary. God answered her prayer. Do you know what happened? While Isabel was at Bible school, her mother became very, very sick. But before she died, her mother told Isabel, you've made the right choice to be a missionary. Wow, isn't that exciting? Now, Isabel's mother was agreeing that she can go and be a missionary to the Li Su people in China. That's so special. Tomorrow, we're going to learn more about Isabel Kuhn.
a song I want you to listen to, and it's called Turn Your Eyes to Jesus. You may have heard this song as I've played it before, but I didn't really tell you what it meant, so I want to tell you about it today. It says, when Satan tries to get you down, turn your eyes to Jesus. Well, you remember that Satan is God's enemy. When he tempts you and tries to get you to do things that are wrong, what should you do? You should turn your eyes to Jesus, and that means look to God for help. Pray and ask God to help you. Turn away from those wrong things and go God's way. Jesus will be your strong and mighty tower. He can help you. He can give you the strength to say no to the bad things that Satan tempts you to do. Jesus wants to help you. He wants to help you win over those temptations. Sometimes temptations can be very, very strong. And sometimes you feel like you can't win over them. But if you've believed in Jesus, God can give you the strength to say no to those things, to those temptations that Satan brings your way. It's important that you turn your eyes to Jesus. You look to him for your strength. You pray and ask him, Lord, give me strength to say no to this temptation. Maybe Satan tempts you to tell lies, or maybe he tempts you to disobey your parents or your teachers. Maybe Satan tempts you to think bad thoughts about someone or to come up with mean ways to trick people or be rude to them. Satan can tempt you in many different ways, but if you believed on Jesus, God doesn't want you to do those things. God doesn't want you to give in to those temptations, to do those. God wants you to say no to sin. And it is hard. It's challenging. But Jesus wants you to turn your eyes to him. And that means pray to him. Ask him for his help. And he will help you. If you've believed in Jesus, he will give you the strength to say no to those temptations. God wants you to turn your eyes to Jesus, to look to him for help. And how do you look to him for help? You pray, you talk to him. And when you read your Bible, you can find out other ways that the Lord can help you and things that you can learn about in the Bible that will give you strength to do what's right. Things in the Bible teach you about God and who he's like and what he likes and what he does and what he does not do. When you read the Bible, you can find out more about God and learn and see how God wants you to live. Let's listen to that song. When Satan tries to get you down, turn your eyes to 
Now, most mothers have wonderful plans for their children. I'm sure your mommy wants to see you grow up and be successful and get a good job and perhaps get married and have a family. Of course, I think many mothers would like that for their children. Maybe your mother would like you to be a nurse or a doctor or even a teacher, maybe even the leader of this country. The Bible tells of a lady who wanted her son to be a minister in God's house. But this woman didn't even have a son. In fact, she didn't have any children at all. And that made her very, very sad. This woman's name was Hannah. And we learn about her from the Bible. Hannah and her husband, who was named Elkanah, lived in the little country of Israel many, many years ago. And at that time, in that part of the year where we begin to learn about Hannah, it was the time for the yearly feast. It was a celebration that they had every year. And every year for this celebration, they would travel to a place called Shiloh, and they would worship God there. They brought gifts of cattle and grain to give as sacrifices to the one true God. It was a way to worship God. Each year, Hannah and Elkanah looked forward to seeing their friends and enjoying the celebration. It was a very happy time. But as they walked along the road from their village to Shiloh, where they would have this celebration, this feast, Hannah was probably thinking that she didn't have any children to walk with her to Shiloh. Each year, Hannah became more sad. She wanted a son so badly. She knew that God needed someone good and faithful and strong to carry on the work in his house in the temple of God. Hannah knew that many people were forgetting God's promise to send a savior. Hannah knew there was so much sin in the lives of the Israelites. There was people lying and cheating and disobeying God. But if Hannah had a son, then God could use her son to remind the people what God's word said. And then maybe they would hear God and obey God. As Hannah and her husband Elkanah got near to Shiloh, Hannah began to cry. And when they sat down to enjoy the feast with others, Hannah just couldn't eat. Elkanah said, why are you crying and why do you not eat of the feast? In other words, why are you not eating? Hannah was even too unhappy to speak. Hannah thought to herself, I'll go to the tabernacle. That's the house of God. And I'll talk with God there. Hannah got up and she walked away from the others who were enjoying the feast. And she walked quietly to the tabernacle. And there she prayed. She didn't pray out loud. People in her country usually prayed out loud. But Hannah didn't do that. She just prayed in her heart. Only her lips were moving as she talked to God. You could not hear the words coming out of her mouth. She was praying in her mind and her heart, but her lips were moving as she prayed. Have you ever been so sad that you couldn't talk to anyone about why you were sad? You were just so sad that you couldn't talk to anyone about it. That's what Hannah was going through. And as Hannah prayed to God, it must have felt so good that she could tell somebody about why she was so sad. God knows about all your problems, and he cares for you. And even when you don't pray out loud, God can hear you. He knows what you say in your heart. He understands all about you. 
He is a wonderful friend. Yes, God does love you very, very much. And Hannah knew that God loved her too. And so as Hannah prayed, she made a promise to God. She told God, if you will give me a son, then I will give that son back to you to serve you for his whole life. Hannah is giving a very important and serious promise to God. She's saying if God would give her a baby boy, a son, then as soon as he's old enough, she would give him back to God so that he could serve God his entire life. Hannah wanted her son to believe in God and trust in God. She wanted him to learn to obey God and to work in the tabernacle, which was the house of God. Sometimes we call the tabernacle or the church God's house. Hannah was crying and she told God she was willing to give him her son to work for him. Now in the tabernacle, there was a man named Eli. Eli was the minister of God. He was the priest. He was sitting by the front of the tabernacle and he saw Hannah and she was there and, and he could see her, but he couldn't hear. He saw her lips moving, but he couldn't hear her say anything. Eli thought that Hannah was drunk. Even in those days, there were many wicked people who did not love God and who had lived bad lives. And Eli thought Hannah was one of them because he thought she had been drinking. Because he could see her lips moving, but he couldn't hear her say anything. Eli knew the people of the land were very sinful. Eli's own two sons were doing wrong things in the tabernacle, and they were disobeying God. And when you disobey God, that is sin. Sin is anything you think, say, or do, or do not do that separates you from God. There's many examples of sin, and we talk about sin quite a lot. Sin is things like cursing, showing middle finger to someone, calling someone bad names. It's when you know you should be kind to somebody, but you're not, and you choose not to be kind. That's sin too, and your sin separates you from God. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And that means everyone in this world today has sin, and your sin separates you from God because God is holy. That means he's perfect. He's pure. God hates sin, but he loves you. Your sin is a terrible problem. You're born wanting to sin. And disobeying God is another example of sin. And Eli's sons were disobeying God. And Eli scolded Hannah that she had been drinking. But Hannah said, I have not been drinking. I've been very sad. I have been talking with God. Eli was sorry that he had scolded her because she wasn't drunk. She was trusting God. Eli said to her, go in peace and may God give you what you've asked of him. And that made Hannah feel much better. She was really happy for the first time in many years because she believed that God was going to answer her prayer. And as she went back to her husband, Elkanah, and the others, her heart was singing. She joined them in the feast, in the celebration. And when they started to go back to their own village, Hannah kept remembering Eli's promise to her. She knew that he had given God's message to her, and that made her very, very glad. Well, the year went by very quick, and soon it was time to go back to Shiloh for another visit to God's house to worship. 
Elkanah got ready to go, but Hannah had to stay home this time. Can you guess why? It was because God had answered her prayer by saying, yes, God had given her a son. Well, Hannah named him Samuel. She said, I'm going to name him Samuel because I asked God to give me a son and he answered my prayer. Many names in the Bible have special meanings and the name Samuel means asked of God. Every time Hannah called her little boy's name, she must have remembered what it meant. And she was very, very thankful. When you pray and God answers your prayer, do you tell God thank you? Praying is talking to God. And if you believed on Jesus, God wants you to pray to him. You can pray and tell God anything. You don't have to pray only at home or only in the church. You can pray when you're on the bus. You can pray when you're in the taxi or when you're walking home from school. You can pray when you're at the farm or you can pray at your church or in your home or anywhere you are. You can pray and talk to God. And just like Hannah did, you don't have to pray out loud. You can pray right in your heart, silently to God. You can pray out loud too. And that is special to pray out loud to God. But you can also pray silently as well. God knows your thoughts. But when God does answer your prayers, remember to tell God thank you. And Hannah was very thankful that God had answered her prayers. And she said, when Samuel is old enough, we shall take him up to God's house to serve God all the rest of his life. Well, Samuel grew and grew, and his mother must have taught him about God and how God loved him. I'm sure Hannah explained to Samuel the promises of God and that she had promised to give him to serve God in the tabernacle. Now, because Samuel loved God, he wanted to serve him. He was learning to obey his parents, and now he wanted to obey God. His mother, Hannah, must have explained to him about the sacrifices of the animals that they made as they worshipped God. She must have explained that the little animal was dying in their place because they were sinners. And she must have told Samuel of God's promise many years before to send a Savior. Remember when God first gave that promise after Adam and Eve sinned? God promised to send a Savior. The Savior had not arrived yet. But they were still believing that God would keep his promise and he would send a savior. Samuel knew that without shedding of blood is no remission. Remission means forgiveness. And that reminds me of Jesus. He gave his blood and he gave his life so you can have your sin forgiven. Jesus is the perfect son of God. He didn't have to die on the cross. He did it willingly. He chose to do it. But he gave his blood and his life. He was put on the cross by wicked Roman soldiers and they beat him, spit on him. They made fun of him and they put him on a cross and he died for your sin and mine. He was nailed and put on that cross right in between two thieves, two criminals. Jesus had never done anything wrong, but there he was on that cross dying for your sin and my sin and the sins of everybody in the world. Now, Jesus is perfect. He didn't deserve this, but he took the punishment for your sin and mine. It was not an easy thing for Jesus to go through. It was very, very hard. 
Crucifixion, which means you die on the cross, was a very terrible and painful way to die. But Jesus went through it because of his great love for you. He took the punishment that you deserve for your sin. And after Jesus died, they took his body off the cross. They wrapped it in burial cloth, which is what they did in that culture. And they placed his dead body in a tomb. And a tomb is like a small cave. And on the third day after Jesus was dead, he came alive. And today he lives in heaven. And he did that because he loves you. And because he died on the cross and rose again, you can have your sin forgiven. Without the shedding or the giving of blood, there could be no way for our sin to be forgiven. But Jesus died so that you could have your sin forgiven. Samuel knew that without the shedding of blood is no remission. And then one day, Hannah said to him, Samuel, we're going on a journey to God's house. Samuel must have been excited about this adventure. Maybe he was excited as he walked up the road to Shiloh. When at last they reached the tabernacle, Hannah took Samuel and they went into the house of God and they came before Eli. And Hannah said, I am the one who stood praying to God long ago. And then she must have pointed to Samuel and said, I prayed for this child and the Lord gave me what I asked for. And now, as long as he lives, he shall be given to the Lord. Hannah's heart must have been filled with so much joy. She prayed a wonderful prayer this time, out loud this time, and others could hear her. Her prayer is written down in the Bible for us, and someday, I hope you'll read it for yourself. I'll tell you where to find that in a minute. When you read it, you'll better understand how much Hannah loved God and trusted him. And we know by Hannah's prayer that she knew God would punish those who did not believe his word. And she also knew that he would take care of those who trusted in him. Samuel's parents then went home and they left Samuel with Eli and his two sons who were named Hophni and Phinehas. Do you think Samuel was afraid? Would you have been afraid? You would not need to have been afraid if you had believed and obeyed God like Samuel did. Have you believed and obeyed God? Well, first, before you can obey God, you have to believe in him. Have you believed in Jesus, that he died on the cross and took the punishment for your sin? If you've never made that decision to believe on Jesus, then listen to this verse. He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. You can find that verse in John 5, 24. John is in the New Testament part of the Bible. And this verse is found in John chapter 5, verse 24. He can mean you. You can hear God's words and believe on him. You can believe that Jesus was sent to this earth to take the punishment for your sin, to die and rise again so that you could have your sin forgiven. And if you believe in Jesus, you will have everlasting life. And that is life with God forever as your very best friend. If you would like to believe on Jesus, and receive everlasting life, then you can tell God something like this and truly mean it. Dear Jesus, I have sinned and I am sorry. I believe you died and rose again. Please give me everlasting life and change me on the inside to live your way with your help. 
In Jesus' name, amen. If you believe on Jesus, he will give you everlasting life, and that's the best life to have. If you would like to read about Hannah and Elkanah, her husband, and Samuel and Eli the priest, then you can read about it in the book of 1 Samuel in the Bible. Chapter 1, all of chapter 1, and then chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. Again, that's 1 Samuel chapter 1, all of it, and then 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. Well, that's all for this time. See you next time. Bye.